Hi, I'm Emma. And I am Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all those pop culture recommendations we keep giving each other. This week, it's not my turn. I was going to say it's my turn. That's a lie. This week, it's your turn. It is not. It is my turn. And we are returning back to Disney after a very brief pause away from it. And I will be talking... What was the last Disney thing we did? I did Frozen. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah. Okay. I I was like, John Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Disney will just continuously come up in these discussions. Um, But this one I'll be doing is Disney's... Well, it has a long name. The official name is Walt Disney Animation Studios Short Circuit Experimental Films. Or, as I'm going to call it from now on, Short Circuit. Which is still hard to say with me with my speech problems. So, Short Circuit... It's sometimes hard short to say. Circuit. So short circuit. Short but before circuit. that, Emma, would you like to share something? Yes. Today, I'm bringing it's book club time. It's a little book club corner. Ooh. I've even brought I've even brought a physical copy of a book here. I see. You. Okay, so a little introduction. Uh, Jenny, I was already here for this as well. But like, I've been feeling very romantic lately mm. um, because I've been watching a lot of romance-related media, and it has been making me feel some kind of way i compared it earlier <laughs> to um actually I didn't compare it earlier i just sent you this gif in preparation i've been feeling a lot like that scene in sharp objects where amy adams is just screaming into like a towel i um, was wondering why where this gif will come in it's not really the short circuit it's just my general state of mind right now where i just want to go ah, ah. Uh, um yeah. yeah so i've been listening to like a lot of I've just been feeling very romantic. I just need to, like, get married immediately. Because um, <laughs> you also got me to start watching, and I binged it very quickly, um, Say I Do on Netflix, which is, like, Queer Eye, but for wedding. I know. And it is emotional. my glasses. It's too much. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. We, was, I wasn't even going to bring Say I Do to the table. Say I Do is so intense because it's, like, all of the most emotionally manipulative parts of Queer Eye, but, like, just that for an hour. Yeah. Um, and it's just, like, it's both, like, very sad and very uplifting because they keep talking about like all these people and the reason they haven't gotten married because of like economic strife or illness Mm. or like family grief and it's very very sad and then like the three hosts come in and are like you deserve this and i'm like everyone deserves to be happy you shouldn't have to go through these grotesque charades um but then also i love it and there was an episode with a cowboy and i've also been watching roswell new mexico and I've just been screaming like Amy Adams, but, (laughs) so I'm bringing two things to the table today that have been making me feel particularly, in the parlance of our internet times, feral. Um, Mm -hmm. One is the song Love You For A Long Time by Maggie Rogers. I love Maggie Rogers a lot. I've been saying I love a lot today. I'm going to continue to say love a lot today because I just am (laughs) filled with love. Um, (laughs) Love You For A Long Time came out earlier this year Mm -hmm. when it's before things went south actively um right after the grammy nominations it was her first song she released after becoming a grammy nominated artist and it is just incredibly romantic and it's a great song and i'm gonna make jenny put a clip in here but she's got this one line where it says if devotion was a river then i'm floating away and it's just such a thrilling song because it is absolutely that moment where you realize you love someone and it could be romantic it could be like best friend of ours just like i'm I'm gonna love you for a long time i'm gonna have you in my life for a long time and i'm so excited about that and it's so good and i haven't really listened to it in the past couple months and then i've just been feeling so romantic that i went back to it and it's a great song 
And then oh. now, back, now back to book club. Uh, I've been reading, I have read, The Girls of the Kingfisher Club. Uh, my sister... <laughs> My sister gets a cameo once again. My sister gave it to me for Christmas a couple of years ago. It's by Hi. Genevieve Valentine. And I read it on Christmas Day. And then yesterday I was in the living room. Uh, my roommate was watching something on TV. And then it ended and I was like, I'm still in the living room. So I'm going to pick up this book <laughs> that was next to me. And it was this one. And I read it in basically one sitting again because it is Whoa. so good. Um, and it is a jazz age like 1920s retelling of the 12 dancing princesses fairy tale do you know the 12 dancing princesses briefly it was also made into an iconic barbie film in the barbie cinematic universe where barbie oh. plays genevieve the seventh sister um <laughs> but the general premise of the 12 dancing princesses is that the 12 dancing princesses have a very protective father uh, who keeps them locked up in their castle, and they sneak out at night to go dancing and have various amorous adventures. Um, and the oh, moral good. of the story is, like, let your children be more independent, allow them to grow into individuals, don't mm. keep your children under lock and key, because then they will, you're not helping them trust you, you're giving them a reason to defy you. Um, and The Girls of the Kingfisher Club is a spectacular retelling set in the 1920s, um, and it does a really good job of, there are 12 main characters, or 12 main women yeah. characters plus various love interests plus their very wretched father um and it's a uh their father is a very successful businessman in the 1920s who really wants a son to take over the business and basically just forces their mother to keep having children until she dies and she has 12 girls oh, and then after that he never lets them out of the house because he doesn't want anyone to know how many times he failed to have a son so like these girls have never seen daylight <sighs> never left the world at all Men are the worst. <laughs> and the oldest daughter, Jo, um, a.k.a. the general, as her younger siblings call her, uh, basically like was allowed to go out a couple of times when she was little and learn and would like see people dancing in movies and had a really quick mind at memorizing steps. So she teaches all of her sisters to dance. And then you enter Prohibition and they all like sneak out and it takes place over eight years of them sneaking out to various speakeasies until they find their home mm. at the Kingfisher Club where they dance and this novel does a really good job of all of the girls having personalities and arcs and obviously like Joe and some of the other girls are, have a more prominent place but like they do a beautiful job of giving each of these girls like a real a real character and not oh, just nice. another sister and it's so smart and funny and thrilling and um i've been in a real dan stevens phase i say lately it's not lately it's been years it's just been dormant and then eurovision happened to me again uh, yeah, um yeah. and i i've been reading it and just picturing dan stevens as tom who's the main one of the main love interests and oh, it's okay. just i need a movie adaptation of this yesterday it's so good and it would be so beautiful and i think you would really like it actually so we might yeah. we might i might make you read this at some point and turn it into an actual episode because it's so good and foreshadowingy we're thinking we have some a couple of things lined up that we are going to be doing a, a books in a little yeah, bit because reading is great reading is great I it does take sometimes a little bit longer to consume because it's not as easy as just watching something for an hour or something it sometimes can take yeah a while this one 
This, I mean, I also, not to brag, also read very quickly. Yeah. Um, but this one is a relatively quick read. Like, I did read it all in all yesterday. Um, and then you get to the end, and then you're just like, that's me trying to flip pages. Uh, <laughs> so you just slap the book a bunch of times. <laughs> I didn't remember a lot of the details, actually, because there are so many characters. Mm. But I did remember the end, and I did remember, like, the, the final scene. And I was just so excited to get to it that I was just... In the last few chapters, yeah. going so fast because I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get to it, and it's just making me heartsick in a really yeah. good way. Oh, I'm glad. It's so good. I know I've been wanting to read again. Yeah, it's fun. Genevieve Valentine's a really good writer. She writes a lot of um, like sci-fi as mm. well, and so this is kind of her only fairy tale retelling, and it's one where like, I just don't want to say goodbye to these characters. It doesn't need a sequel. She tells the whole story, and like. It ends when you're still at the height of the jazz age before the economic crash. I don't want to read them in the Great Depression. That's an entirely different vibe. Yeah. But, like, I just, I, I might just, like, reread this book again tonight. I don't even know. I'm really in it. It's so good. There's something about reading that's so personal versus television and such. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can, like, overlook and see someone watching something or someone could hear it. But when you're reading... Like, if you view someone reading, you you have no idea where in the story they are, like, what's happening. Like, Mm -hmm. you're creating these visions in your mind as you read. And as someone who struggled a lot with reading and still struggles a lot with reading, I found joy in reading fiction because you can create these worlds in your mind and no one's going to tell you it's wrong because I read that and that's how I interpreted it. And one thing I really like about the girls at the Kingfisher Club, like, Joe, are our de facto main character the the novel starts when she's still fairly young but just by virtue of like she has 11 younger sisters like the youngest one i think is is 12 or 14 years younger than her so Mm. like when you meet her she's a teenager but by the end of the novel she's like 28 years old so it is just really exciting to be able to read a book about someone worlds away from me but at the same stage of life as me yeah. Um, where, like, I, I often have trouble connecting to to novels where, like, women my age are the main characters, either because it's not a story that I can relate to or just it's not a story that I'm interested in reading. That mm. sounds like a... <laughs> I sound like a class trader. Um, but, like, I love I love Chicklet as well, but this is just nice to see a kind of, like, fantasy adventure story where the main character is a woman in her late 20s. It's very yeah. exciting. Yay! Books are good. Books are important. Yeah, so, like, either read this and then chase it with Love You for a Long Time or read Love You for a Long Time and get really hyped up on the idea of love and then dive into the girls at the Kingfisher Club. And then watch Say I Do if you're, like emotionally prepared for that journey <laughs> yeah, you were like i have to watch only one at a time it's too much <laughs> i can't i know i watched the cowboy episode and i was like i'm done i'm done for that like one a was week. intense I'm, oh my god i'm gonna move to a ranch i would do terribly on a ranch but like i'm gonna move to a ranch and get married as soon as pandemic is over emma you i don't know how well you'll survive on a ranch i will not survive well on a ranch i just want to live in the country but like i also don't at all no 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 i am not a country girl at all you like the aesthetic and of the country but 
when you really dive down. I don't want to deal with livestock. I just want like a small kitten and I want to be baking and have the window open and curtains that I have sewn myself fluttering in the breeze as the sunlight trickles in because I'm going to wake up like early in this alternate universe and I'm going to have made iced tea or lemonade or sangria or something that's in a big pitcher and it's a pretty color and there's fresh fruit in it and then as the sun either rises or sets depending on the time of day and the type of beverage the sunlight's gonna go through my window and hit this pitcher of beverage and so and it's gonna like reflect beautiful pools of colored light onto my countertops wow that was very picturesque yeah that's what I'm at. Emma's right going now. through it, folks. <laughs> she, <laughs> she has a vision I'm, and she wants to. Why am I not going through it? <laughs> oh. We're all going through it. I mean, that's not beautiful. That, I'm that mummy meme. Ugh. I feel like it would be something like that, and then it'll be like a hard cut to me bursting through the doors, being like with a boombox. Just singing to the top of the And that's like, great. I'll be up? like, come on in. The door is always open. I've been waiting for you to drop by. And I'll have a pie that I'm pulling out of the oven. I'll or love maybe pie. not. Because I actually love an unbaked blueberry pie. So I'll just, <gasps> pull, I'll just be like waiting on the counter. What's and all goopies? And yeah, and you're really buff. So I'll have a KitchenAid, but I'll be like, hey, Jenny, want to help? Yes. And I'll have my big bowl of cream and you'll hand whip the cream. Yes. Because you're actually strong enough to do I that. I love whipping and cream by hand. And you'll make some hand whip Chantilly cream. And then we'll scoop it out onto the blueberry pie and then this ambiguous cow person cowboy <laughs> that I'm going to marry is gonna come in cow person. and be like I've got ribs on the barbecue and I'll be like I'm home <laughs> and then my cat will also be there wow <laughs> Disney give me the money to turn this into a short film <laughs> Yes, thank you. Segway, short films, yay! I'm trying. I know, I was like, we need to get into the actual topic of conversation. I've just been doing a lot of daydreaming lately. Um, yes, so, Emma, what is your, like, connection or experience with short animated films? Well, the name of our show, have you heard of? I had not heard of short circuits. I had heard of the concept of Disney short films before, because they play them in front of most movies. So I have seen most of them. I, especially in the years of, like, the summers when I was home from university or the years I lived back uh, in my hometown after university and Mm -hmm. I did not do a lot except for go to the movie theater. Not, like, under normal circumstances I would be doing anything else other than going to the movie theater, but, like, in my hometown I would just go to the movie theater and see literally anything that was playing if it even mildly sparked my interest, whereas here I'm definitely more choosy in Toronto. Mm. Um... So, like, I would see anything that came in. So, like, obviously, Disney is actually usually pretty high on the list of things I want to see. But I would see most of them in theaters. And so, naturally, see lots of short films. Yeah. I am such a sucker for short films. Like, specifically, like, Disney or Pixar short films. I Mm -hmm. remember being so upset that I could never find them. Like, couldn't find them on YouTube. Couldn't find them on DVDs. Like, I owned almost all the Disney movies, but they weren't on there. And, but eventually they started releasing DVDs of their short films, which was really exciting. I think in 2017, there was also one that they, it's still on Netflix and you can watch some of the Disney short films on there as well. But I have always been such a sucker for short films. They usually appear in front of every Pixar movie. There's usually a short Mm -hmm. film. Um, Yes. And for this discussion, we can talk about a little bit about what we have experienced with short films like that. Like my favorite short 
animated film of all time is Night and Day, which I feel like I oh, do Oh, such a good one. You have, and then there's also a storybook version that I would incorporate into story times when I was still Okay, posting. but it is those a lot. so good. It's, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's pretty much about differences of what differences mean and how people are scared of stuff they don't understand when we should just appreciate our differences and then see our similarities. It's so good. But basis of this, we're going to be talking specifically about this new released um, short um, series on Disney+. And I kind of struggled with, because I wanted to just talk about animated shorts as a whole, but there's so many. <laughs> Can I briefly interrupt? Yes. Um, I was talking to a friend last week, and uh, this is like so far, this is so many degrees removed from me, but she was telling me about how one of her friends, one of their friends had signed up for Disney Plus. Yeah. And the way that their friend decided to tell them this was, oh, I paid the Ricky Rat subscription fee. <laughs> and I've been laughing about that, the Ricky Rat oh. subscription fee. And then my friend was like, you mean Disney What? You mean Disney Plus? What? So, yeah, you do, you will, if to, to view these films legally, you will have to pay the Ricky Rat subscription fee. Did I tell you about my struggle with signing up for Disney Plus? Yes, I was, but do I remember it? No. <laughs> I was so overly excited to subscribe. Like, I got a year subscription. Like, I don't, not month to month, I was just like, I know me. I'm gonna use this. I'm just gonna buy the year right away and I have the money right now. And, but I was so excited. I mixed two of my emails together. So at the beginning oh, no. of one, but then I used like the handle of another one. I, then I couldn't sign in. And then my banking information was wrong. And I called them. No, I had to do like live chat with them. And then they fixed it. They're like, okay, we'll change it. Just put in another email. But I couldn't because I also used that email for my other Disney stuff. And I couldn't switch it. It was a whole debacle. Pretty much two or three months in a row at like the same time my Disney Plus account would stop working. And I have to call them again. And I'm like, you need to switch over my billing information to the other account. So now it's fine. <laughs> We've been good That's now. good. But it That's is on Disney+. Nice. Plus. <laughs> it is on Disney+. Plus. It is, on, it is, it is, the, uh, it is owned by the mouse. Yes. And um, these shorts were originally just supposed to be for in-house. They weren't originally going to be released. But with Disney+, Plus, they thought they would share it. I'm going to just share a really quick description of what... The purpose of these were on their website. So for Short Circuit, Short Circuit is an experimental program that anyone at Walt Disney Animation Studios can pitch an idea and potentially be selected to create an original, innovative short film with the support of the studio and their fellow artists. The goal of the program is to take risks, surface new and diverse storytelling voices at the studio, and experiment with new technical innovations in the filmmaking process. So that oh. is what this whole thing was about. So it was anyone could apply and with a story or an idea and they could potentially work on a short film. And that's how this whole They're thing... very short too. They are not as long as the like the Pixar no. shorts you see in front of movies. These are like a tight 90 seconds. Yes, because they also have the Spark shorts are also on Disney+. Plus. Those are the Pixar ones. And those could range from five minutes long to like nine minutes long when these if you take out the introduction and the credits are usually between a minute and a half and two minutes like they're not very long at all um but as we'll discuss later you don't necessarily need a lot of time or dialogue mm -hmm. to really tell a story um but before we get into the shorts there's 14 in total 
they're all drastically different from each other, not only with storyline, but also with animation techniques and art style and emotions and stuff. Um, but before, do you know, Emma, about the history of animation at all? As someone who works ambiguously in animation, I probably should. I don't. It's okay. <laughs> I did a little bit of research because I, like I said, I'm a fascinated with animation. I've always been. I enjoy the complexity that a drawing can convey and the innocence of these characters that, yeah, it's just, it's good. It's good, it's good stuff. <laughs> so, um, one thing, there's a bunch of history. I, I, there's a lot of words I don't know. And there's, I, a lot of contradicting histories that I was finding online. I was researching all day and some would say one thing, another one would say this, and then there's... Is this, like, like, the history of animation in general, not just, like, Disney animation? Um, kind of. So I have a little bit of what animation is, and then then I'll go into Disney animation. Very brief, though. One thing. The zoetrope. Do you know what a zoetrope is? No. (laughs) Zoetrope is... At my old position, we actually had this out sometimes for guests to use, and it would be, like, a little film strip, kind of, like, drawings, and you'd put it in this wheel and you'd spin it, and you'd look through the slots. Yes. Yes. They have I've some of these at Disney parks. Hugo Capre. So um, that was introduced in 1833. And it kind of goes on this illusion of the mind called persistence of vision. And pretty much animation is just a giant illusion of this. Our brains blend multiple images together to make it into a single movement. And so that's pretty much what animation is which is really cool um and then for disney we know in 1928 steamboat willie was one of the most popular animations at the time wasn't their first animation that they did um however it is was the first synchronized sound cartoon to and in quotes attract favorable attention this is one of the facts that i found that it's like not actually true but is sometimes true it's the most I like calling them synchronized sound cartoons. I'm going to start just calling all movies that. It was a synchronized sound pick. Yeah, so it wasn't just, like, music playing. It was, like, the cartoon character would do something and, like, would hit something, and the sound would also hit something. So it was, like, the the sound was synchronized. Exactly. Um, So Steamboat Willie happened, and then in 1937, Snow White happened, which was like the full length cartoon, which was such a big deal. Oh, little mini Oscars. And then that was a lot to do with the bigger productions and making everything beautiful. It's quite fascinating to see side by side, like while Disney was doing like very intense, detailed animation of like Bambi or something, there was also like the Flintstones happening, which was like not as detailed at all and like very cartoony and like. It's kind of like when you learn about history and like, wait, that person was alive when this was happening and this was happening over here at the same time. It's this is like when I learned that Pablo Picasso and Dwayne the Rock Johnson have been were, did share time on this earth. Whoa, yeah, they they were alive at the same time. Time is crazy. <laughs> um, and we can't get into this right now. We can't get into. <laughs> I'm barely hanging on too far to it. Um, and then after that, then there's also like when. Pixar came into the picture with computer-generated stuff, and it first was in Tron for Disney when they started using CGI, and we'll talk yeah. a little bit, like, they use some CGI yeah. in... <laughs> they use some CGI really, in these I, shorts. Do you like Tron? 
I was actually going to say, I'm a fake fan. I've only seen Tron Legacy. I've never actually seen original Tron. I just want to ride a light cycle really badly. And I, yeah. I'm, I think, one of four Garrett Headland fans on this earth. Uh, okay, continue. I think I've seen, like, the newest Tron movie. Never seen the original. Also, I just really want to ride the Tron ride when they'll be it at Disney World. Yeah, I just want to ride a, I just want to ride a light cycle. That's all we want. That's all we want, folks. Um, but so throughout Disney's career, um, shorts were quite a prevalent thing because before Snow White, everything for animation was short. Do you mean Walt Disney's in the person or Disney's in the studio? Um, both. So Walt started a lot okay. with just doing shorts himself, but also the studio itself, once it was formed, a lot of it... Well, the, the studio itself was mainly formed after... Snow White, because I got a bunch of money to be able to make the animation studio and everything. Um, but to make mm-hmm. a full-length feature film, it took three years to make. Apparently, they made $1.3 million, which is, like, a lot in 1937, to make something that huge. Um, but they they started doing a lot of shorts. Like, shorts was, like, a main way to get to consumers mm-hmm. to see. And because Steamboat Willie was such a big success, they continued making them. Head on down to the Nickelodeon, folks. <laughs> so they had, like, their... The main shorts they did Thank was about the Mickey Mouse Club. So, like, Mickey Mouse characters. And they also did a lot of silly symphonies, um, which were just, like, silly little shorts here and there. But shorts were actually, like, a big deal, especially during the Second World War for the Walt Disney Studio, because they didn't really have the budget okay. to do big-length films. Um... And so they, a lot of, a lot of their films were a bunch of short films put together into one movie. So the early films that a lot of people don't know about, so like The Three Caballeros, Melody Time, like these were a bunch of early Disney movies that are just a bunch of shorts longer than the ones we're going to talk about today, like a bunch of them mixed together because that's the only way that they could combine something and still be able to produce a movie by the end. Um, so it kind of brought them through mm-hmm. the war without these shorts, like I don't know what would have happened. Um, and unfortunately they used to have like their own shorts division at the animation studio, but then that kind of got displaced and, um, the budget got cut and they, people either moved working on the TV shows or they went to work on like other projects. And then it was shut down in 1956 and was only produced by like the feature films crew and only sometimes and then so now they're kind of sparse while pixar does them pretty much for every single pixar movie disney doesn't really do a lot of them anymore um there's Mm -hmm. not a lot of them out there however seeing things like short circuit means more things are actually happening and that makes me very excited because these are stories for a short circuit season two short circuit season two it's hard to say, right? It's taking me a couple tries to say that. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, but, yeah, because this is only season one. Um, so we get to see what happens next. But who knows, like, the types of technology and storytelling and animation styles come out of these. I was watching a video and they were saying, if you want to see the future of, like, Western animation, don't look at feature-length films. Look at the shorts. Because the shorts are where people are experimenting and gaining these new technologies and skills that are the future of animation, which is very exciting. Yes, that's my very brief history of kind of animation. That is very interesting. I didn't know. I didn't not know all that. I say I'm gonna get out like one of my like I guess 
criticisms. You're very good at picking things that I like feel bad at looking at with a critical eye because I'm like, I love this initiative. <laughs> I love that Disney is like returning to short films. I love that Disney mm. is encouraging artists who haven't had the experience to step into a director role, giving the, them the opportunity yeah. to pitch their ideas and workshop it and develop it and direct. Um, um, I think one thing that I guess kind of like want from Disney in general, but specifically with this, because their whole point was like, we are trying out all these different technologies and styles and like with different voices is that Disney does have a really specific character look. Like yes. I know a lot of animation looks similar, but like Disney especially has the like the men have the, the square fingers, the girls have the big doe eyes and the tiny waists. Mm. Um and so I was kind of hoping with this to see more variation in character design. Yes. Um and like certainly you can tell like they what I really liked was that each short, because I am so interested in behind-the-scenes stuff, like each short does have an intro really quickly with the director about where the idea for this short came from and some of the technology they use. So you see how Disney is being very innovative and developing all these different technologies, being able to marry 2D and 3D animation, create all of these different programs to generate, like, hair or water or, like, in the case of Frozen, like, they created these things where each snowflake was unique. Yeah. I would just love to see some of that innovation turned into making their characters look a little bit different. I agree. I find, like, there are definitely some of these shorts that their character design, I thought, was quite unique of what they did with the characters. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into that. But I do agree with you that, like, even, like, with one of them, um, with the race, like, the main character looked exactly like the guy from... Big Hero 6, like, it was, like, the exact same guy, but when I looked at the director, he's worked on, like, bigger films as well, I think that was the guy, so I think it's also, like, Disney has a look, but they also hire people, and, like, artists themselves have an own look, so if they worked on something, that's their artist's style, so they should be giving opportunities to other people. These are in-house artists who they have, like, cultivated and trained and built up. Yeah. So, of course, these artists are now, like, honed in creating the Disney look so that yes. when they're doing their own character creation, it's going to still live in that family. Yeah, um, exactly. And there are definitely some shorts that, if you look at them, like, that's definitely Disney. Like, it's very, like, clear lines. You can tell that have that big doe eyes, like, the Disney look. But there, mm -hmm. there, there were some that I'm like, oh, this could be, this could be from a different studio. This could just be something else. But the majority of them, I can tell what you mean by, yeah, maybe they could have mixed it up a little bit more. <laughs> but hopefully we get that in season two. Hopefully, yeah. And then like one other thing that I kind of wanted to talk about before we get into like, talking about short circuits as a whole before we get into each individual chapter, I'm gonna call it, is that. Like you even said in their in their creative brief for this project, they were like, we want to highlight new and diverse voices, and yeah. overwhelmingly, most of the directors were white men, yeah. which is like not just. And I, I still enjoyed all of these shorts, but I was like, if this initiative is to look at different, and I know like people will then say, well, they they gave the opportunity to the stories they thought were best suited for short films, but I'm just like, that's still not acceptable then you have to be like, okay, these are the people who are bringing us these short films, but, like, we're hiring in-house, so look at the people you're bringing in in-house who have the opportunity to present yeah. these short films, and, like, who maybe do you have a more diverse workforce at, like, a lower entry level, but are you only promoting a specific kind of person? So, like, do you, mm. like, you have to look at each level of the career 
stage. I don't know how to say this. Yeah, I definitely Anyway, know so it's just one of those things where, like, I there were, like, a couple women directors, a couple, like, men of color, but I was just, like, I want to see more from Disney. I'm more of, like, using this this initiative of telling these short stories and not really, like, obviously giving it a Disney budget and the Disney resources but like this is not a project that's on the same scale at like a distribution level as a feature film so i feel like this is where disney can really push themselves creatively as a studio and it feels weird talking about how disney needs to challenge themselves when they are the largest studio in the world but they Mm. are the largest studio in the world and so a lot of people do look to them for like what oh yeah animation trends are so i think disney does have a responsibility to continue pushing themselves to tell new and different kinds of stories both like in how they look who is telling these stories and so i think with something like short circuits where it's something that's like smaller scale they're screening them in-house in like Mm -hmm. really like one-off screenings in larger theaters releasing it to disney plus that's where you have the chance to go a little bit freaky creatively or like a little bit wild I'm glad Disney has at least some people's voices were heard, but I believe that there should be even more. Like, it's not enough. It's not like, we made a quote on that's fine. It's like, no, we need to have everyone's voice being heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, shall we get into some of them? I There's 14 of all. I don't think we really have time to talk about all of them, but I picked my top five I want to talk about. But if you have your top five you want to talk about, if they happen to be mine, then we can also discuss those. And oh, man. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, we could totally talk about all of these, and now I'm like, oh wait, we've already been talking for a while. Yeah, I definitely have a couple faves. Uh, originally, I thought we were going to go chronologically, but if we're not doing that, one of my favorites? I don't know why I said that's such a question mark at the end. I don't know if it was one of my favorites, but one of the ones that like definitely hit me. I cried at two of them, Same. Uh, and the first one like just hit me like a truck uh i cried really hard at cycles same 100 percent. i cried really hard i had at a cycles. pause like it just it was one of those things where i was watching i know it, it, it feels so like if you're really it's a testament to, to storytelling where it's um like two minutes long and i was fine and i watched the interview and i was like oh this is really personal and then we get a minute in and i just my face crumbled <laughs> right so um, yeah so cycles is Technically, it's pretty cool because it was made in, like, a 3D world. Like, it was made for be- being viewed through VR, which is really which cool. Which I wish I could do. I would love to view it through, right. through VR. So, directed by uh, Jeff Gibson, uh, with score by his mother, Jackie Gibson, which is very cool. Yeah. And so, the story is about uh, a mother who is being told by their adult daughter that, um, that they need to go to assistant living. And then it cycles through in kind of fast forward clips, little like reverse yes. chronological order of the life of that this woman has in this house. It hit me really hard because when my grandfather passed away last year, I wasn't able to go to his funeral just um, through personal reasons. I had like a lot of. It sounds so bizarre to say, but I was just, like, I had a big personal commitment that, like, it was a project that I worked really hard on, and it was, like, a show I had produced, and it was, like, one night only, and I was, like, I need to go to this, and my family was, like, no, your grandpa would want you to to follow, like, do the thing Mm. that you love, and honestly, it's going to be really, really stressful, because my grandmother had passed away a couple years earlier, so, like, it was a huge ordeal of, like, all of my 
my dad's family coming into the, the town where my grandfather lived and going through all the stuff in his house. And mm. it was a house that my grandmother's parents had built, so she had grown up in that house. My grandparents had lived there for decades, like, after they retired. And it was filled with stuff, like, a lot less. Like, my grandfather had been, like, downsizing since my grandmother passed away, but it was a really jarring experience for me because I would spend summers there growing up. So, mm. I mean, if you're looking at fraction-wise, not a huge amount of my life, but like a huge amount of my formative years were spent in that house yeah. and in that village. And I had the realization, like, a few days after, like, when my everyone had, like, gone to the house, they'd cleaned everything out and then gone back. And it was, like, a, like a thing that happened over, like, many, many weeks, but I wasn't able to go. And I just realized, oh... I'm never going to go back there again. And it's mm. like, part of it is realizing I might never go to that town again because I have not a lot of reasons to go to this very small town in the interior yeah. in the Cooties. And, but it was just like, and even if I do get to see the house, it's going to be that thing where like, if I'm with someone, I drive past and say, my grandparents lived in that house. I'm never going to, I'm going to cry again. It was just a moment of, I'm never going to be able to go back in that house, and my parents, my grandparents had a really cool basement where my grandmother's loom was, mm. and all for a sec, I'm never going to get to go to her craft room, I'm never going to get to, like, sleep in the loft, I'm never going to get to go raspberry picking in their garden, and it was just really jarring of, like, my dad was helping them sell the house, and they did sell it to, like, this young family, and... I hope they love that house. It's a very oddly shaped house, actually, <laughs> so I hope that they like it. It's yes. beautiful. The yard is gorgeous. I, like, connected with a story in a couple of ways with the assistant living thing. Like, currently we're going through that with one of my grandparents, and it's been very hard for them. And it's, so that side of the story is not necessarily about the house that he was at, but just the fact that he is in this place has really it's affected It's a really him. difficult transition, yeah. Um, and... The other one is, like, when you look up, like, DisneyFandom.com, when they talk about this one, it's a story centered around the true meaning of creating a home and the life that holds inside its walls. There's something about your space. Like, it is yours. And it was as someone... a beautiful house, too. God, I had a pool. had, like, this right? these high ceilings, open concept floor plan. Oh. And you, like, go through and you see, like, this woman, like when they first move in and they're dancing around, they have a house and they jump into the pool and they, they're caring for each other. Their daughter, it's Christmas time and like the lights go out and it's fun times. There's also their grandfather being like having like a heart attack or something, have to go to the hospital. And then at the end they say, like the daughter asks, are you going to miss the house? And she's like, no, I'm going to miss my home. And it's just, <sighs> it's just devastating. And yeah. I was just, could not believe like you see these very brief snapshots and it's got really uh, a really neat sound design where it's very echoey and it, it it captures like the the mood of someone remembering yeah all their memories and like I was learning I was reading about how memory works the other day and the thing is like whenever you remember something you're remembering how you last remembered it so you get like mm. farther and farther away from the actual event you're so it's like it, it degrades over time and that's when yeah. you get a real sense of that in this short and I just like it gets like halfway through when you see this couple moving in like I said my face just crumpled and I was crying really hard yeah and then I would say it was one of my favorites, but then it made me really angry because you see her move out and then it cuts to the house as it is now and it's, like, yeah. been trashed. Yeah. And 
like windows are smashed, people have done graffiti, and I was just like, whoa, it, it ended on a really sour note for me, because I was like, what, if you're thinking of this house as a home, what kind of narrative are you telling about, like, it, it felt so, and oh my, I, I feel, again, I feel bad, because, like, this is someone, he was, like, inspired by his grandparents, and, like, mm-hmm. the last frame, which Jenny's talking about, of this couple dancing and kissing when they first move in, is based on an actual photograph he has of his grandparents, and the scores by his mother, it's intensely personal, but I was just like, what are you saying about the value of this woman's home when you show it destroyed at yeah. the end? Because how I, and also it just felt really weird. Where I was like, this couple, this family clearly owned this house. They wouldn't just let it fall into disrepair. The daughter's still around. Yeah. And so what, what I wanted from it was to see a new family moving in. Mm. How I interpreted the ending of it would be, especially with the line, like, I'm not going to miss the house. I'm going to miss like my home. I think mm-hmm. they were trying to say, these walls of itself are not what is important. It is not the things that are inside. Like, this isn't being completely destroyed and disheveled. This is, like, graffiti all over the walls because this, that is its outer shell. What, the importance of it is what was contained when they were there. So I think it was kind of showing that juxt, like, that change of, it's not the physicalness of the house. It's actually what they made it. And now that she's not there, it doesn't have that importance because it's not, theirs like that is not the people around you it's not it's it's your home it's what you've made it but now that she's gone it just felt so cruel because i think you could have had that same impact like if you didn't have the ending where i'm in my brain of someone else moving in that you could have just shown it empty and it would have had that same wallop or seeing it having been so disrespected and like how no one was caring for it anymore it just felt Mm. like this home that this woman took like like you're saying it's not the physical house but like she did make it a home and so even when her stuff is all removed then show it like, just that last indignity, I was like, oh my goodness, that's it kind too of much. Me, like, sometimes when, like, just walking around downtown, not net right now, obviously, but, like, seeing, like, <laughs> broken down buildings or, like, houses that are boarded up, and I'm like, I wonder what, that used to be someone's home, that used to be someone's, like, livelihood, that was their life, and now, like, something's not built to be destroyed, but somehow it got there. It really hurt. It was it was yeah. great. I would love to go to some kind of installation where it's available to view with VR yes. goggles because the yes. 3D design is gorgeous. The house, oh. the space itself is beautiful. Mm. The animation is lovely. Um, yeah, that one was fun. Yeah, well, I wanted to talk about that one. And also, uh, like, maybe, oh. they're super short. So, like, all these mm-hmm. emotions and things we saw happen, like, yeah. in, like... This is 120 seconds. Yeah, like, super short. And... Also, we, there was a little bit of talking with that, like, one w- sentence here or there, but mostly it was just music, and it's just another reminder that you don't need dialogue to tell a story. I know, and I found, like, when the shorts did include dialogue, it was so jarring to yeah. me. Yeah. was like, <laughs> yeah. what? What? <laughs> I was so used to it not having dialogue. <laughs> uh, do you want to pick one to talk about next? Yeah. Um, one I would like to talk about is the one downtown. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, this was, like, a total wish fulfillment. Yes. Uh, it's so me. colorful. It was so great. It's also, a person running for their bus and missing the bus, a.k.a. the greatest dignity. <laughs> we talked about Ginny's bus-related... Uh, <laughs> I feel like trauma is too strong a word, but like... No. 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 It, was, it, was, it was physically dramatic for you. Um, we talked about Ginny's bus-related uh, dramas and traumas last week, um, but... He's running for the bus. Again, life's greatest indignity. Yeah. Uh, running for the bus, missing the bus. Yes. And then 
And then this, this story is based off of like graffiti art and the colors that can fill a city. And it reminded me a lot of the photography project I did in university called Cover Me yeah. Up. Right? When I went around and took photos of how people covered up walls. So I like took a photo of like the Seattle like gum wall or a place that had graffiti or really cool tiles and the fact of you can have a blank wall, but like covering up with something beautiful or colorful completely changes it's it. How you cultivate the space. This is a exactly thing of what we want. We just want a space to cultivate and call our own. And they're co- I loved the sound mixing that was in this. Like yeah. the not only the colors are beautiful and the soundtrack, but also they had like this the color because everything is kind of like in black and white. The color of that comes out is kind of like bubbly sometimes and is kind of organic and you have those little like bubble sounds or the swishing sounds of light coming out and it was very like I could feel like I was there and it was it was fun I really liked this one completely different <laughs> from the one we just talked about different but feeling no, like, I it's so fun it's 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 another short one like she's the the director Kendra I don't remember her last name but I wrote down just my note is love Kendra <laughs> yes yes um but she said 90 people working on this short. It is 97 seconds long. Yeah. Like, if you're just, if you're not taking transit right now, but if you just don't have the, like, the attention capacity at this point in time, which is totally fair, yeah. uh, just pop this on, and you just get to see people talking about their project, you get to see the project, then you're just like, that was a neat way to spend four minutes of my life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So downtown was really fun. It's really much my aesthetic of bright colors against like dark backgrounds is my aesthetic. Like I love like painting bright colors on black paper, like that type of like excitement and the color. And you can kind of see this character that you can see them start to smile because they're enjoying their surroundings and like appreciating the moment and actually that feeling of actually taking a moment to fully look around and see like art everywhere like it felt like such a like the uh, the shadow the this you don't ever see the person who's running Mm -hmm. you ever see their face the shadow it felt like that moment where you just stop and take a really big deep breath in yes and you realize that cool things are happening and it is just like again despite my earlier fantasizing i am a city girl i love no one knowing who I am <laughs> when I walk down the street. I'm like, yeah. do not interact. Do not perceive me. Yep. <laughs> um, so the idea of being able to just weightlessly float and fly to my destination and yes. not above everyone. Oh. Chef's kiss. So good. Yes. So downtown. I like that one. What about you? What's another one you liked? Um, I have... My favorite one is one I'm saving to talk about last, so we're not okay. going to talk about that. Okay. Um, I have... Okay, I'm trying to think of which ones to talk, because I have, like, a couple that I actually did not really like. That's okay. And then I had a couple that I liked that I wished, uh, like, they could have just, like, have pushed themselves a little bit more, so I'm trying yeah. to decide where I want to go narratively next. Um, but one... Okay, one that I thought was just super cute in terms of... Uh, was Exchange Student. Yeah, that was fun. Um, I really like the animation style that they did. I love the main character. She's so cute. Yeah, um, her multiple color bands for her hair. Yes, I love her knots. Um, it's such a, a sweet little story of a girl as an exchange student on an alien planet and all of the aliens. It reminds me. Okay, my favorite Disney short, aside from this one, Pixar short, Disney short, I don't know. I'm so mature. Uh, is the one where there's the really, oh, there's the really ugly bird and all the little birds are bullying him. 
they're like on a wire anyways so this was like that but where everyone is nicer because the little blue birds in the one that makes me laugh really hard are mean little bully yeah. birds yeah. and this one the aliens are just like she eats pizza and she <laughs> sings they yeah. don't talk this is me super they're like oh. um, but then I just love they knock over the alien four square ball and she into a pitch of wretched chompy fly traps that have a taste for human flesh but don't like this girl's singing voice but i i love the moment it was just like it was just cute and delightful i love the moment where uh so she sings and screams and all the plants start receding and it's not just the four square ball it's all of the stuff and you see this has just been a toy graveyard for probably (laughs) years it's like a kite there's like a lunchbox there's a shoe there's a hairbrush the aliens don't have hair there's probably not actually a hairbrush and she just comes over the fence and they're like yeah and then one of the aliens actually knocks the four square ball over and she's like yeah it's okay i'll get it all the other aliens are like stupid <laughs> and it's, it's very cute it's very childish the um, moment when she screams initially and sees what's happened and she's like hey i can use this and then just screams even louder and then all of them go in and they see that yeah that that was a fun one it's, it was it's really I, cute i definitely enjoyed it because i wasn't the biggest fan of the short before it so this one coming up i was like ah this is better <laughs> okay um yeah so now you you pick you pick um Let's see. I really like Zenith. <gasps> Zenith, I wrote down, is strange and dreadful. And that was a very high compliment. <laughs> it is. It's scary. It's so pretty. Again, my aesthetic, darkness and light, space. Big fan of space, guys. Here on the podcast, we're big space fans. Like, stars. Big space fans. Are great. They're amazing. Top and notch. it is, yeah, I wrote down in capitals, so cool and pretty. And it was inspired by Fantasia, which I can totally get. It's, like, pretty much, like, this big orchestra playing music. And there's this epic story of this star galaxy deer that is pretty much creating the universe and then by accidentally creates a black hole. It's the the sweeping landscapes of Treasure Planet meets the sheer horror that scares me so badly to this day of the Titans and Hercules. Oh. I had a really bad nightmare about the Titans and Hercules when I was... Definitely under the age of eight, because I remember what house I was in when I had this nightmare. I'm going to put myself mm. closer to five or six, and I remember it still. Oh, God. Um, I had a nightmare where I was, like, being chased by the Titans and Hercules. They scare me so badly, and this black hole is like that, and it's just this, like, gaping, dark, dripping mass that consumes our stag. Oh. And it's so cool. It was also... Cause it's I also to... so unlike anything else in this program, because yes. there's no... Yeah. humanoid anthropomorphized characters it's just this celestial galactic stag and it's so detailed like if you pause it for any moment you'll notice like the stag has like multiple galaxies within it and the thing created it's like sharp oh it's so good and i also because i like to meta think things and think way too far into it and think like what is this trying to say it kind of reminds me because it looks like the stag by accidentally made the black hole because it like shook its 
antlers and then like stars that came from it became the eyes of this black hole and it realized the only way to destroy it is that they had to destroy it and it kind of reminded me of like sometimes when you create a mess or you create something disastrous you're the only one that can fix it you're the one that has to deal with your mistakes and fix it and so this day goes in and then it's like the big bang and then it's our galaxy and it's just so pretty and it was so fun it's so Ugh. cool and at the end they have like they show like the title like zenith kind of like that txt like logo like was like mm. yeah. it was like yes yeah, mm. <laughs> the dad sound yes yes very fun that was fun okay your turn that's a good one okay uh i'm gonna talk about one i didn't like yeah i did not like the race <laughs> the race why did you not like the race so the premise of the race is there are parts of it that I found very funny. The premise yeah. of the race is there is a Grim Reaper. Reaper, there is Death. He is really vying. I'm gendering. The, I'm gendering Death. Death is really uh, vying for Death of the Year award, and to do that, yeah. he has to. They have to get a hundred kills. Yeah. And they're at ninety nine. And their next mission is this cyclist who is competing in some kind of large race. Uh, but the cyclist is so fast that it skates right. He skates right past Death, and Death uh, then hops on a bike and chases him down. Yes. Uh, but it upset me <laughs> for multiple reasons. Yes. Uh, one is I did not like the idea. Okay, so I don't. I don't like thinking about my own mortality on the best of days. Uh, I'm, mm. I have been in that. I. It's not a new thing, uh, though it has been aggravated by the state of the world. I have been afraid of death <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, iconically, uh, a story I tell to people to understand who I am as a person, uh, is, uh, in December when I was around nine or 10, I said to my dad, dad, uh, we're one day closer to Christmas. It's middle December. And he says, yeah, one day closer to death. And this haunted me for a very long time. Um, so I'm fine with like, I, we're going to die at one point. I understand that. Like I have made my yeah. peace with that. I would like to live for a long time. I would like to achieve my goals, but I understand that death can come at any time. But... This implies that there's not just one ultimate death figure. There's a cadre of death. There's yes. a, death is a species. And also it implied then, like, the afterlife has capitalism, and I wasn't into that. I didn't like the <laughs> idea of death having to compete for an employee of the month, employee of the year kind of prize. Yeah. I was like, what do you gain from this? Are you hoping for a salary? One part that I did like is it shows death with its death wife, and then it has a little death baby. That was very cute. <laughs> Loved death baby. Death baby was great, but then I was like, are you worried about putting your child through death university? Like, are you hoping for this death of the year prize that you can get a raise and i just didn't like contemplating death having to work so hard yeah because then i was like then it's not a matter of it's your time it's a matter of death needs to meet a quota so death can pay for the electricity to keep the lights on his death house i mean they kind of showed that like every time he by accidentally killed someone else his death count went down so it did show that like only people who their time was was going to be allowed but those people stay dead. Yes, death accidentally dead. on this hunt kills 97 people. 97. Yes. Yeah. No, 96. My bad. Um, I can't do math. I can't be held accountable. Okay, because that the, the, the cyclist skates past death and death swings their scythe and hits a different cyclist because yeah. uh, the, the mark has gone past. And... This is like a little comedic beat because now Death can take this, the bicycle and chase after his mark. But you already killed him by accident, so now Death is also panicked, which also is concerning because Death is really panicky. Like, is yeah. Death going to get fired? Is this putting Death's employment in jeopardy? 
I'm putting too much thought into this. No, you're definitely like, <laughs> this is just a whole metaphor for capitalism. I know, because then death becomes like really panicky. And I was like, I don't want death to feel like economically insecure. <laughs> and also you killed someone by accident and now you're yeah. stealing their bike and like, there's no body. They just disappear into thin air. So I'm like, are they just stuck in this? this other cyclist stuck in purgatory now my catholic school is showing and then as death continues death knocks over a tree and i was like there's a yodeler and i was like i love this yodeler (laughs) yodeler gets crushed to death so does the accordion player so does this little polka this whole polka band gets crushed to death death count goes down he's panicking even more he accidentally cuts like wires of like a, a ski lift it crushes over 90 people death kills so many people accidentally and i was just like bro yeah and then it's this kind of like nice thing of like you realize the cyclist isn't trying to win the race he's trying to like get to his wife to say goodbye Mm. death sees his mark kiss kiss his wife and like prepare to go Mm-hmm. And then that's when you get the, like, Anton Ego flashback of, like, death remembering being yeah. in love and getting married and having a baby. And then death leaves. Death is like, I don't care about my job anymore. I'm going to go romance my wife. I'm going to go tell my wife that I love and cherish her. But then I was like, but <laughs> it was his time and you still killed overnight people by accident. So, yeah. <laughs> like, it was the animation was fun. The polka score is jaunty. But I was just like... There's too many things I find distasteful about this. I agree. I found that when you listen to the, like, the director talking about it, I'm like, okay, and it happens, and I'm like, I'm I just left more confused than... Yeah, because the director's talking about how he wants people to watch this and realize, like, what's really important to them, because no one was ever on their deathbed saying, oh, I wish I spent one more day at the office, and I'm like, that's true. And actually, as someone who's currently overworked, I was like... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So I watched the short, and I was like, this is not present in your work, sir. Yeah, maybe, like, a little bit, but, like, I feel like it could have been definitely focused a bit more. Yeah. I did like Baby Death. Baby Death was very cute. Baby <laughs> um, Death was very cute. Uh, but rip to the yodeler. <laughs> rip the yodeler. Yeah. Did love the prop work in the intro because they have little intros where the director is talking, and most of the time it's like them talking about the artistic process, showing photos of the family that inspired it, like showing them developing this new technology. Him, it's just this guy riding on a bike holding a scythe, and then it cuts to his talking head interview, and there's just a skull wearing a bike helmet. And I was like, I do love the prop work you're doing. Okay, now yes. you can go. Okay. Um, another one that the one right before that, lightning in a bottle. Um, mm-hmm. I like it's not my favorite one. I, a child was reckless. Yes, a child was reckless. <laughs> it was not smart. I didn't really, like, get it. However, what I did like is that it transported me back in time to when I was a small little youngster. And not the plasma globes that they showed in the intro, but did you ever have, like, the fiber optic light? <gasps> yes. And I used to... Ha- I don't know. I think I bought it... Oh, yeah, no, I do remember. I bought it off of my friend who moved away. And so I bought it off of her and I remember sitting under my bed. This is how small I still was. And like, just like having it on and it would change colors and just like touching it, going over it like it was the galaxy and just spending like so long just staring at it and being like, I am in control of the world. It's so pretty. And also just like texturally, it feels really cool. So yeah, that just transported me back. Where do you even buy a fiber optic lamp? You know how long it took me to figure out what the name of it was? I Googled like 90s mini tube lights. 
And we just brushed against your face. Sensory peace. Sensory calm. Or like like pulling them all together. It's just so good. It has nothing to do really with the short, but I just need to say that's what it was. I know. I once wanted to give uh, lightning a bottle. It's about a boy trying to catch lightning in a bottle. Like that's something to know. Sorry, animator. Sorry, director. Um, There was a. I wanted to talk about it because there was a really good thunderstorm in Toronto yesterday. Uh, There's actually a tornado warning. It was intense. There was like it was the middle of the day. It was like 1 p.m. Sky got pitch black. Thunder, (gasps) lightning, trees outside my window whipping around, windows rattling. But I was inside, so it was perfect. Oh. Um. Okay. Um, let's let's split through a couple other ones because I do want to give like I, a, uh, I have two more I want to talk about, but let's see if there are one that you want to talk about. Um, lucky toupee again. Uh, when you consider the implications of it, a horrifying extortionist. <laughs> I know. Out of all of them, I was like, Emma's going to find this one disturbing, and it's supposed to be. <laughs> I know. So the premise is that um, leprechauns uh, run a toupee company, which I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. Um, and then, like, they, they don't let you have the toupee unless you pay up. And I was like, okay, I'm fine with that. But it's it's the most convoluted scheme. Because what the leprechauns do is they go into your home at night and steal your hair, like, three hairs at a time. So you slowly go bald. And then yeah. they take your hair and turn it into a toupee and then advertise to you. But I'm like, what if someone's not upset about being bald? And also, like, sh- surely there must be a less convoluted way of stealing hair. Because three hairs a night. Like, yeah. They, they descri- the director described it as leprechaun mobsters that steal hair. That's her idea of the whole thing. And I'm like, that's that on that. Unique. She had a vision. <laughs> and, like, the music was um, great. It was very jaunty, very leprechaun-y. And, like, I thought the music went really well of, like, it was really comical of, like, the music would cut out all of a sudden and then it would continue going and then it would cut. And then, like, the leprechaun music will start again. So I did like the soundtrack of it, story arc-wise. Not, my, not a big fan. No. Okay. Um... I'm like trying to think of which ones we haven't talked about yet. We've talked about actually, like, we're, cl- we're clipping through pretty quickly. You, um, what one is one you wanted to talk about? Um, one I want to talk about is Fetch, which is the last one. Um, it pretty much felt That's like... where they spoke, and I hadn't heard a person speak in a while, and it was so jarring yeah. to me. And so Fetch is about, uh, it's so pure, and it's so aesthetically pleasing. It straight up just looks like a teaser for a Disney film. Straight up. Yeah. Like... It's about this girl, this little girl walking around this giant forest, which is also something I like aesthetically of like mm. this little girl walking on this gigantic fallen tree. You just instantly get the idea of how big this world is. And she's like yelling for Oliver. And then all of a sudden there's just like gloomy thing in the background. And you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to be attacked. And then it, I'm not going to, but it like switches around and it's so terrifying. Um, but then everything turns out fine and it's adorable and just seeing how pure and fun, yeah, I liked it. Was it was like it's very Enid Blyton book style. Like if you ever read uh, *The Enchanted Wood* by Enid Blyton, it was very much that of just like a girl going on an adventure in a forest and encountering mm. a maybe malevolent force, then they become friends, and you're like, "Ah, oh, this is nice." Yeah, really, yeah, that was really cute. Okay, um, just a thought. Not something, not a thought that I'm having. Just a thought, the short. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, just the thought was really cute. I really liked it. I think, uh, so the premise of this one is, uh, basically it's, it's got, it, this is very cool technologically. They like do some really nice newsprint textures. So you feel mm. like you're watching a animated yes. Sunday comic. And basically this, this young boy is daydreaming of a girl he has a crush on. Um, but he keeps, 
his thought bubbles are visible by all of his classmates. Yeah. He's trying to push his thought bubbles away so no one can realize. And it's a, I again, I've been feeling very romantic lately, but I've also talked before about like how much fun having a crush is, mm. um, but also how like potentially humiliating and embarrassing it is. <laughs> yeah, the amount of times I've thought of like, I'm what if sure someone could hear my thoughts right now? Like, what if they? And I like I've definitely like called someone's name in my mind to see if they're telepathic and they would look at me and I'm like, okay, I'm safe. I <laughs> periodically still will do like that. If you can read my mind, get out. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm like I'm I'm about to have some thoughts and I would like you to leave. So I do do like warnings sometimes. Um, but and I thought like this is one thing which I this sad i feel like it's like so beyond what disney is willing to commit to but one thing i thought that would have been more meaningful from a narrative perspective uh and just like really sweet is that if it was like young queer kids i thought it would have been really nice if it was like two girls or two boys or what have you because it ends with like they're they're probably like middle school i think they're middle school age and it ends with them just holding hands that do you ever watch nick and Nora's infinite playlist uh, it's, it's a very fun high school movie. I was so into it in, like, grade 10. I still am, honestly. But there's this theme where two characters are talking about, like, how the joy of liking someone isn't about... Sometimes it isn't about what you think this relationship will be or could be. It's just, like, finding someone you want to hold hands with. Aww. And so that's, like, when it ended with just them and the girl, like, walks up and you see her thought bubble and it's him and then yeah. they like very nervously like in the very like kiddish way like kind of graze hands and then actually hold hands and so that was really sweet so i would have really loved to see like disney just you know challenge themselves a bit and yeah. put forth the idea of like young queer kids in like it would have been really nice yeah yeah i totally agree uh the last one that i have written down that i wanted to talk about is Jinghua. Yeah. So, um, that translates to Flower in the Mirror, and this was maybe my favorite one. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I liked a bunch of them, but for this one specifically, like, I really liked the techniques of animation that they used. It was very, it was, like, watercolor paintings. Very painterly. Yes, and, like, the way it, like, evolved and transitioned, and it was very flowy, and... the facial expressions in this one also are so impactful. Oh, yeah. The way that you can see all these emotions that are going through, like, the written down of what the story is about is a grieving martial artist plays tribute to her recently departed teacher by creating a painted world using the magical form of kung fu. Pretty much what happens is that you just see this um, this tomb and um, they're paying respects, and then you see her starting to do these movements... And pretty much creating the world around her. And it's so elegant. Oh, it's so elegant. And also it's so painful because you see her legitimately building her world again. Like, the, the sense of grief of you have to rebuild, but you have to go through it. You have to legitimately build the mountains surrounding you. You have to build the ocean. You see, like, ink like watercolors coming out of her hand she's in pain but she has to build this stuff up again at the end she like stops and then um she's not defeated she created the world but then she just starts to cry and you're like 
Oh. This is the thing, too, is, like, you see the director talk beforehand, and, like, like a lot of the directors have talked about, like, how this is from a really personal story, and then this director, uh, Jerry Wynn, I'm probably mispronouncing his name, Jerry Wynn, talking about how he had a death in his family, and mm-hmm. then another death in his family, and then another death in his family, all while in production on this film about the grieving process, and he, this is another part, this is the other one where I cried because I was just so moved by this person being very, very vulnerable on, on a very yeah. large platform. Um, and I can't even imagine what that was like, like picking this narrative and then having it uh, become entwined with your personal experiences so closely. And just the end of it is like Jenny's talking about, you see her crying. It doesn't, she rebuilds this whole world. It doesn't end unhopefully, but it doesn't end on the hopeful note of like she's rebuilt her world and is mm-hmm. like his healed and prepared to go on. Like, the final of the final frames is her again her face just in extreme grief yeah and it's that thing of like you can move on you can heal you can continue and then some days it's just going to hit you again and it's you're just tired (laughs) rebuilding is exhausting and it's not it's again like it's not a young person either it's not a young Mm -hmm. girl which i kind of expected it's a grown woman who is like i would say like middle age which is something you see so rarely yeah, so I really like that one. Is there another one you want to talk about, or should I do my closing remarks? Uh, I wanted to do one more uh, drop. I really—it's about a raindrop. Uh, I wanted to give it a shout out because <laughs> I can't like it, it comes right after uh, "Flower in the Mirror," and it's so funny because you have this director give this very personal, impassioned speech about what this meant for him and his family, and then it cuts to this guy's intro, and he's like, "Yeah, my inspiration for this is a." Uh, I had a quarter in my mouth, and my girlfriend asked me why. I was like, "What, bro? Inspiration comes anywhere." I was like, and he never answered why. I was like, "Why did you have a quarter in your mouth?" I don't know. That's gross. So he was because she and his girlfriend was like, "Do you even know where that's been?" And they realized like the only thing that's been in more places than that quarter probably is a drop of rain. and so it blends 2D and 3D animation, which I really love, because mm-hmm. I love Disney 2D animation, but uh, there's this scene where a girl is in a car without a seatbelt, safety Emma oh, on yeah. patrol, uh, but a girl's in a car watching this raindrop hit the window, and it transported me back in time, as I say to you quite often, but of, did you do this? I, I always thought this was a me-specific thing, and I realize now it wasn't, so I'm curious to know if you did, of where you're in the backseat of the car and it's raining. And you watch two raindrops go down the car 100%. window, and in your 100%. brain they're racing. They're in a yeah. competition. Yeah, why is yes. that? A na- why yes. is that a thing that all children do? I don't know, man. We didn't have those like, fancy cars growing up that had TVs. We had rain. I don't, That's what we had. I don't need a tab. I just need to watch the raindrops dripping down the window. And so that, I was just like, oh, this director gets it. This quarter in a mouth, man. <laughs> is tapped into his child inner child that's why he put the quarter in his mouth because he remembers what it was like to be a child yes i mean i i have a set of dice here that i continually want to put in my mouth but that's less gross than a quarter a quarter okay yeah. anyways that's all i have to say on drop it was very pretty and i really like the scene where they're in a car yeah uh i think what it comes down to it what i really like about animated shorts is that they're usually quite unique compared to full-length films but you still have that teamwork of a bunch of people working together from different departments creating this creative thing. And they can easily convey a story and emotion and transport you back in time. That with a combination of music, it's such an example of quality over quantity. 
I think this series is a good example of how diverse, like, subjects can be talked about in shorts and how different everything can be and also how fun and emotional and sad animation can portray and I'm excited for season two. So Emma, what are your final thoughts? Also, also shorts remind me of a better time of like, they kind of remind me of Vine. They're short and sweet and they work for me. <laughs> anyway, I've go. been getting more into TikTok. Oh, I feel like, I feel so old. Oh, I can feel my mortality crushing my shoulders. <laughs> um, I'm getting into TikTok a little bit more. And like, I never even contributed to Vine, but a guy I miss Vine. Okay. Um, I don't even know what to, like, rate this experience, because, like I said, there are some that I like, some that I kind of like, some that I love, yes. one that I didn't like. <laughs> um, overall, I enjoyed this. This was, like, a really, uh, confession time. Norm- Jenny always texts me or calls me the day before as a reminder, because I am a very forgetful person. <laughs> I do have my Bill Hader calendar actually hanging up next to my desk where I write things down. I mm. did not write this down. And so normally oh, she no. texts me and is like, we still good? And I'm always like, yeah, totally. She texted me last night and I was like, yes. <laughs> but I did forget. Okay. Um, and so, like, this, honestly, this is like the, aside from also, actually, no, I was say last week also, I was like, oh shit, gotta watch Speed. Um, but, like, this time I was like, oh no. And then, because I had already watched two very intense movies that day. Uh, and then I just was like, okay, this will be like an hour and a half. Wasn't even an hour and a half because half no. of the running time for each of these shorts is the credits and not even yep. like the pretty animated credit sequence. It's all the translation credits yep. that you can just skip. Um, but then it was just so nice. And like I watched some before I went to bed. I watched some while I was having my breakfast this morning. I little having my yogurt and my berries. Uh, and it was just very sweet and it was nice. It was a wide variety. And so I think that they are something where like, I'm not someone who watches, like, Netflix on my phone. I don't have Quibi, LOL. Um, But this is something where, like, if I download the Disney Plus app, I would totally, like, save some of these shorts for my commute, even though I walk to work Mm. and right now I'm not walking anywhere. But, like, this is something where it's just, like, you're waiting for the bus and you don't feel like reading or listening to music. I'd just be like, I'm going to pop up this little short. It's just like, or, like, if you just need a breather, yeah, these are really nice. It kind of went, like, Archie Comics. Like, you have a little story. It's, like, a couple pages long, but you get the story. You're entertained. You're having a good time. And it Did works. I tell you about the picture my dad sent me of reading Archie comics, or did I just tell our other friend when we were no, on his party last me. weekend? I think you weren't there yet. Okay, so my dad sent me a photo, uh, because my parents are preparing to retire and have been, like, going through stuff, uh, of me at the kitchen table. Um, I'm probably, like, nine or ten. Uh, reading Archie comics because my family has a huge collection of Archie comics and I would read them every day while I was eating my breakfast and I have like perfected the one hand page flip Uh, but it's the most on brand photo because I look very very tired I'm eating an Eggo I'm reading my Archie comic but next to me is my cool kids extreme youth bible it's not a teen bible because I wasn't a teen at that time but it is I did have like an edgy cool kids bible for girls inside my veggie tales themed bible case oh hell yeah I had a bob the tomato bible case um my dad sent me a photo and I was like aren't you comics bob the tomato bible case tired ego waffles aka my entire youth <laughs> I love it. Oh my god, that's an anecdote, but that's a perfect <laughs> picture of who I was. Did you did you give a star chart rating? No, I did not. 
Um, so I would rate this, let's say four stars, four <laughs> toupees, four, <laughs> four square balls, four, four, four is good. Four. I was gonna say three and a half, and I was like, three and a half seems too low. Like, four. Four. It's hard things. to rate when they're all so different. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, because I, like I said, I had a lot of trouble narrowing down which ones I wanted to do. I wanted to also include some just like other shorts she hasn't seen, or like spark shorts, which get into more intense storylines and stuff. But I was like, let's do this one first. If she likes it, maybe another time I'll recommend those ones. But four is good. We can do Thank that. You. I'm glad you good. enjoyed four it. Four is positive. I did enjoy. I did enjoy. Yeah, it was really nice. There was like a very quick turnover in my brain. We talk a lot about letting things percolate for a few days. There was no that with this. Yes. But it didn't need it. They're just like, they're, they're tasty little morsels. Yeah. They're amuse-bouches. They're little petit fours. Yeah. So, would you like an activity? Yes, I'm prepared. I prepared my response. Yes. So, for my activity, um, shorts, a lot of times, there's some storylines fit perfectly as a short. You can have a whole arc happening, and it fits perfectly a little snippet of a story. You don't need anything more or anything less. Um, Some examples that kind of go against that is, like, I remember when... Inside Out was first announced. People were like, I could see this being a short, but how could it be a few, like a full-length film? And huh, it can be. It it's can great. Be. Um, so my question for you, Emma, is out of the 14 ones we just saw, what short do you think um, you would like to expand on or you could see as like a full feature-length film? This The thing we saw in the short could either be like just world building in your mind or this could be like a beginning of a something or the end or something like that so which one do you could you see becoming a full length okay feature so animated film? i specifically didn't talk about this one earlier because of jenny did send me this question in advance um and i'm picking puddles which is the first short oh. um which i think didn't really work as a short because yes uh so the premise of puddles is uh, there is a younger brother, Noah, and his teen, preteen, like, I would say, like, 13-year-old sister, Skylar, go out, and she's watching him, and he's puddle jumping, and she's glued to her phone, um, and mm. he realizes that he can jump in puddles, and it's portal, like, video game portal, where he will pop out of another puddle, and he's trying to get her attention, yes. and she's going, uh-huh, yeah, cool, and not paying attention, and I found this extremely off-putting at first, because I was like... I agree. I think it would automatically be more interesting if it was two sisters. And it's based mm-hmm. on his I think it would be more interesting if it was two sisters, because I love sisterly bonds, in case you've not heard about how much I love being a little sister. Um, mm-hmm. And I also just was like, I think I'm a little sensitive to it, because I am someone who is glued to her phone. I do spend too much time on my phone. But, like, I have... <laughs> Now, now I'm getting defensive, but, like, I, I look at my phone as, like, the library is closed, bookstores are closed, I'm reading a lot more than I, I or I've been trying to read a lot more, mm. and I'm reading on my phone, because that's where I have my library ebook app, and I am on FaceTime a lot, so I'm, like, I really like my phone and all that it does for me, and so I was, like... I can see how, like, this 
as a short, it became very preachy of, like, this generation. I know, like, it felt very much of, like, look at these kids. They just give up their childlike wonder. And I was like, calm down, Stephen King, um, of the sister. <laughs> um, but then, and it also kind of activated my uh, my Susan Pevensey defense Defense Squad energy. I love Susan Pevensey in Chronicles of Narnia, and it makes me so angry that Susan Pevensey gets dismissed as a flibberty gibbet, um, who gives up mm. Narnia for boys and lipstick. And I'm like, listen, if I was Susan Pevensey and a queen got to have a cool arrow and fight battles and be respected and be known for how smart and brave and beautiful she is and be an adult and then I have to go back to being like 13 years old in the 40s, I would also be pretty PO'd and want to be older than I was. So... Like, this also kind of activated my Susan vibes, where I was like, you don't know why she's not paying attention to the magic around her. Maybe she's tired. Like, anyways. So, but then, uh, what I like is, so, like, what I thought was really interesting about this is you have Noah jumping in and portaling out of all these different puddles, and then he drags his sister in, and they don't come out the other side. So, I like the idea that this, like, puddle is waiting for them, and then my stomach just dropped out of my butt, (laughs) uh, because... It ends with them in this, like, upside-down, not-in-the-Stranger-Things kind of, like, parallel universe where there's these giant sky whales, and it felt like the beginning of an adventure because I was, like, it's very, like, Jurassic World... don't like Jurassic World, but it's really like Jurassic World (laughs) vibe where you have, like, the older brothers not really paying attention. You're, like, you've seen this dynamic before. Mm -hmm. And so I was, like, it's... It's in the context of a short, I'm not interested because you don't get to see any other shades of Skylar, the big sister. But when you have Mm -hmm. her dropped into this world and see her be like, whoa. And the idea that her entering it did change whatever like energy force there is because they don't pop out again. It's not like it it doesn't end Ah. with them being like, wow, this is so magical. Let's go hop in these puddles and pop out across the street. It's they go in the puddle and they don't come out again when they go in together. So I think that's really interesting. So that serves as like a really tight intro to a graphic novel series or animated series. And so I think it doesn't work on its own because it just did make me feel very protective over this teen girl that I could just feel being judged because I thought it was also interesting that he was like the boy knows how to have fun but the girl's too glued to her phone and I was Mm. like um yeah it was a weird way to start the series too like I feel like they could have put another one as first yeah I was thinking about I was like how did you even pick the lineup for this but I think Puddle's not super strong as a short but it felt it was a good teaser to something so I could see like this mm. being created as a teaser and then like pitching it to Disney to turn it into a feature and I feel like those same dynamics might not exist if this was expanded into a feature but it makes me interested in this world and this adventure because like how are these kids gonna get out can they go back in the puddle and pop out like it's it's changed when the like yeah for me I, I love a good story about siblings um I think it would be better mm. also if it was two sisters that aesthetic of like they see this giant whale and then an even bigger whale just shows up and it's just like the eye I'm like this is a beginning like with portals and everything this is the beginning of like a D&D adventure yes. it's very exciting and then you kind of said before like during the credits um sometimes they have like little pictures and stuff mm-hmm. too and like this one like you could see them going on little adventures and I'm like yeah I want to know more that'll be it, fun it, it, again like it activated my my Enid Blyton admiration of like siblings going on an adventure to a strange place yeah 
Ah, that's a good one. What about you? Um, I was going to say, like, fetch, but for, like, pretty much the exact same reasons you said of, like, this, I like aesthetic of, like, a new world. Like, there's this thing, like, invisible monster that no one can see besides her. Um, but I feel like it's also been done before, so I don't know how well that would work <laughs> out necessarily. I also would like to, like, Jing Hua could be really interesting as an animated series. Mm, yeah. Like, yeah. but, like, not necessarily, like, child's one, like, just, like, an adult one of, like, a drama, but using this style would be really interesting of, like, this would be something that happens at, like, the second to last episode of a season or something. Mm-hmm. And the master has fallen and then they've finally been able to use their powers of Kung Fu to, like, build this. It's, like, I just love the artwork so much. I feel like it would be really cool to see. Um, I also think Zenith could be a really interesting prologue to something. Zenith was so of, like, bone-chilling. Right? It would be, like, in the beginning of times. It there was, was, and, like, you would see all these things. It was scary, but in a good way. Yeah. And I feel like it would kind of be, it would be, like, this whole thing's happening, and, like, the stag sacrificed himself, so it would also be, like, a foreshadowing, because it will go into, like, than, like, some person on Earth that is, like, the stag like, in the person. there's so pers- many Disney movies that open with a grandparent figure telling a story to the yeah. protagonist as a small child. Like, it's that. It's Very that. Moana-y. Yes. 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 Yeah. So um, I could see that. Being we've been talking one. about this longer than it would take you to watch the actual thing. Actually? <laughs> but <laughs> that's okay. I'm into it. That's okay. I'm into it. So... Definitely people give love to shorts because even though they're shorts and they're only in your life for a short amount of time, they will stay with you for a long amount of time. So definitely watch them. They are fun times. And definitely check it out. They're on Disney+. Plus. Darko sign now. It is. <laughs> I'm like not as sweaty, but still sweaty because I am dying. <laughs> um, yeah. Anywho, thanks everyone for listening. This has been... Grand. It's been top, top notch, top quality. Uh, if you would like to engage <laughs> with us in any way, you can find us on Twitter and Tumblr at Hi Ho Podcast. Uh, you can email us at Hi Ho Podcast at gmail.com and find us personally nowhere. Uh, I like how that has become part of the spiel. And then don't find us. Oh, also, like, uh, this is another thing that people say uh, subscribe, review us on iTunes. Yeah, that'd be Do cool. That. And to remember to like what you like, your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine. Have a good evening, everybody.